So it's, it's not the turkey? No, it is not the turkey. Are you the reason sure? being... That's, that, that's not what I've been told for years. I've been told for years that turkey makes you sleepy. It, I mean, I've heard that year after year after year. Oh my gosh, I'm so tired because of turkey. But now you're telling me that it's the incident attached? Gobble, gobble, maximal beings. As Thanksgiving approaches, I thought it beneficial to smash some bro science behind the Thanksgiving Day meal. Many people will be making delicious food this holiday season and packing on the holiday pounds. This week at Maximal Being, we discuss the science behind Thanksgiving weight gain and how to hack your meal for success. Do us a favor, Maximal Beings, and leave us a comment or review. Hit the subscribe button let your friends and family know so that we can get the word out. You cannot supplement your way to health, but there are things that we need to add to our lives that can maximize our pathway to wellness. The American diet is virtually devoid of omega-3 fatty acids, which play a major role in cardiovascular disease, gut permeability, and mental health. Personally, I take omega-3s every night and I herb is the best place for clean, natural sources of supplements. I love the ZenWise Omega-3 Fatty Acid Supplement, which is free of fish burps and good for the environment. Head on over to MaximalBeing.com slash iHerb, that's I-H-E-R-B, and enter the code B as in boy, D as in dog, B as in boy, 5528, and receive 10% off your orders for all supplements. Maximize your supplements with iHerb. Welcome to Maximal Being, a GI doc and ICU nurse that break down the science so you can exceed your gut health, nutrition, and fitness goals. So, let's smash the bro science and optimizing your health with your hosts, Doc Mock and R.N. Graham. <laughs> That's right, Maximal Beings. It's that time of year. Hey there, Maximal Beings. R.N. Graham here. And of course, I'm here with the great Doc Mock. And it's uh, gobble-gobble time, the most gluttonous time of the year. And we're here uh, today to talk about how to turn your Thanksgiving meal around. So, of course, I am R.N. Graham. I am a uh, registered nurse in South Florida. I work in the ICU. I'm also a past fitness competitor. Um, and of course, I'm here with my good friend, Doc Mock. Doc Mock. What's going on, Maximal Beings? Doc Mock here. I'm a therapeutic endoscopist. That's a GI doctor that specializes in cancer. And I also do functional medicine, gut health, and nutrition. Back to you, R.N. Graham. So like I was stating earlier, we are talking about the most gluttonous time of the year. Unfortunately, should it be the most gluttonous time of the year? No, it shouldn't. Doc Mock, would you agree with me on that one? I totally agree. I mean, there are so many foods that are just sitting on the Thanksgiving table waiting to be eaten that just get pushed to the side and ignored. There's such good nutrition there. We just got to look for it. Yeah, no, I, and I agree. Candid yams with the marshmallows on top. That's the perfect meal for Thanksgiving, isn't it? Uh, What? <laughs> I mean, isn't that what Thanksgiving's all about? Isn't Thanksgiving all about, you know, kind of stuffing ourselves with that sweet potato pie 
that yummy, yummy, sticky, gooey candy. I mean, when you put it in the oven and you smell all that sweet sugar just melting together, that's Thanksgiving. That's yummy. That's exactly what our ancestors wanted it to be. Absolutely. <laughs> so what's the issue? <laughs> I mean, I think Thanksgiving gets a bad rep. I mean, yeah. I, I, I think it's all about pies and candy jam and cranberry sauce and, you know, all that fat and gravy everywhere. That's Thanksgiving. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, today's topic is going to be discussing the Thanksgiving meal, and uh, we want to just give the turkey the front and center view. Everybody demonizes that poor turkey. It's turkey, dry. Oh, it made me so tired. Oh, the turkey is what made me tired. Of course, it's always a turkey. Is That's proven, right? I mean, yeah. tryptophan, duh, right? Yeah. So if we're talking about tryptophan, so tryptophan is an amino acid, right, Aaron Graham? So it's a type of protein precursor building block. And so when you have tryptophan in the body, inevitably it will convert through some enzymatic pathways um, into serotonin. And serotonin, it, it, if you know that from our episode on, uh, you know, talking about gut health and brain gut access, is that happy hormone. It's what makes you full of joy. Serotonin is in your gut. And so through the brain gut axis, it'll signal upwards into the brain, make you feel good and happy. So where does it transition into making you feel tired? Well, add on an additional enzyme there and your very innocent, happy hormone serotonin will turn into melatonin. And based on that sleep episode we did, Aaron Graham, melatonin is what we take to help us sleep. It's made by the pineal gland, which is in your brain, and it will help uh, reduce wakefulness. So that's where the correlation between the turkey being the bad guy and making you sleepy comes. So it's, it's not the turkey? No, it is not the turkey. Are you the sure? Reason being... that, that's not what I've been told for years. I've been told for years that turkey makes you sleepy. It, I mean, I've heard that year after year after year. Oh my gosh, I'm so tired because of turkey. But now you're telling me that it's the insulin attached? That's right. So, so if you look at that biochemical pathway in unison in a unidirectional format, obviously you will make those conclusions that yes, tryptophan leads to serotonin, leads to melatonin, leads to sleepiness. However, as humans, we are much more complicated than that. So you can't just blame that single variable. On top of that, if you look at the components in food that actually will have a high tryptophan content, turkey really isn't that high in tryptophan. In fact, chicken has more tryptophan. And you don't hear everybody complaining the rest of the year that they're tired after eating. Right, Aaron Graham? I mean, maybe you're not tired after eating, but... <laughs> no, but you're, you're, you're 100% absolutely right. It is proven that there is a lot more tryptophan in chicken, for example, than there is in turkey. But, you know, once again, it's always, we are always fooled by this, you know, unproven facts that, you know, well, so-and-so said something, so it has to be true. And like you said, you know, we do our research and we find out, no, that's not how it goes. But so what is it do you think that is really weighing us down and making us sleepy during Thanksgiving meals? 
it's the carbs, you know, like uh, as a society on average, 60% of most Americans diet is carbohydrate. Most of that carbohydrate is not non-starchy vegetables. You know, the good stuff, the good things with color and flavor and some with bitterness, it's the starchy carbs. And in the, in, in the Thanksgiving meal, it is a carb loaded meal. Even your gravy. Yes. Gravy has fat in it, but what do you do? You make a roux, right? And a roux yep. has, has wheat flour in it. So not only do you have stuffing, you have mashed potatoes, carb, you have yams, carb topped with marshmallows, carb. Maybe you have squash on the side. That's a starchy carb too. May seem healthier. Not really. So it is the carbs. So, okay. First, you're telling me that the turkey's not bad. Now you're telling me that the sweet potatoes with the marshmallows and the all the good things that you're, I mean, you're, you're taking all the fun out of Thanksgiving for me. What, what, what am I supposed to do? I mean, am I just supposed to eat turkey and that's it? No, there are ways that you can hack your Thanksgiving meal and your Thanksgiving day and just... We, we can establish that so many Americans gain weight during the holiday. And Arne Graham and I actually have looked at the data behind this. There have been studies that have been done. In particular, we, we looked at one study from the New England Journal of Medicine. And this study looked at 195 people during the holiday time period. And on average, it appears that the people participating gained about four pounds. As an addition to that, there was a nutrition review that said about 51% of Americans' weight gain occurs during the holiday time period. And they estimated these gains to be as high as 14% of their body weight. There also have been studies that have been done on uh, college kids, um, but you know, not all of us have that college metabolism anymore. When I was yes. in college, I could down you know, where I went to school, Rutgers, we had these things called fat cat sandwiches, which were probably a thousand calories per sandwich. I could down two of those, like it was nobody's business without even flinching, but we're not college kids anymore. But the data does show that most Americans gain most of their weight this time of year, which is why they have the rebound January 1st and go right to that gym. Yep. So we have talked and we, we, we've talked about ways to prep for that meal. If you are going to go ahead and take in those extra calories, you know, there are things that you can do to prep for it. Um, number one, get a good workout in the morning. Of course, we know that if you're going to load up with, with starchy foods, um, one way to get rid of them quickly is burn it off. And so starchy foods will burn off faster. But if we're sitting there and we're watching football after a full meal or, you know, during the, the day we're dipping our finger in whatever's being made, you know, we're not doing anything to combat what we're going to put into our bodies. You know, I, I love football, but maybe we should go play outside and play football instead of sitting in front of the TV watching football on Thanksgiving. I mean, that's that's my thoughts. Um, it's interesting that you brought up the the weight gain during that period. So I know that a lot of that has to do with what we are consuming during that period. Um, and this is a little off topic, but what do you think 
about stress also playing into that? Because I know that the that this time of year can also be a very stressful time of the year. And a lot of people do, um, deal with stress through eating. Yeah, no, I think that's an extremely relevant point. And as usual, Aaron Graham, you just add light to, to any topic. So I really appreciate that. Um, I absolutely think strength uh, stress is a part of the, the picture here. You know, we're worried about families coming over. Some people are in financial hardship and they feel pressure to, to bring presents to their children this time of year. So people are not sleeping as well as they should be. Um, additionally, we eat, we tend to drink a lot of alcohol this time of year, right? And so we, we had talked about on a previous um, podcast about how alcohol use is higher here in America after COVID. And we know that alcohol interferes with sleep and that can interfere with sleep for up to several weeks after that one drink. And so, of course, people aren't sleeping well. And so when you're under a stressful situation, when you're not sleeping appropriately, which your body sees as a stressful situation, you have a lot of a hormone called cortisol. And cortisol, um, if you've ever seen somebody that has Cushing syndrome, makes you retain water and it makes you retain fat around certain places of your body. So stress absolutely has a lot to do with this for those reasons, in my opinion. What's another recommendation that you would have for, you know, getting ready for that Thanksgiving meal? What are some of the other things that you think that we should be doing? So I think the way that people traditionally will deal with Thanksgiving meal is I'm going to exercise just restraint. I'm just going to limit the amount of food that I eat the entire time. And they actually did a study um, in the psychology literature where uh, 31 men, 34 women um, participated and uh, each of them exercised what's called a restraint protocol. And they found actually that, well, men ate more than women in the study. Um, perhaps mm -hmm. that's due to the fact that and on average men, we weigh more than women do. Um, and in fact, uh, people that were obese benefited from this strategy, but not people that were of normal weight. Um, and it's probably due to the rebound effect after the holidays from, from not eating appropriately, or even maybe binge behavior that occurs during those actual holiday meals. People just eat, eat, eat. So restricting is not the key, but a lot of good food on that table. You just have to know what to look for. So start your day with a fast, right? You're going in strong. Um, you're burning calories the remainder of the day. Get that work in from RN Graham, and then you're going to need carbs. So you get your carbs in, but look at your plate. And if your plate is, is a pie chart um, and you can put pie on there, that's okay. Or cheesecake, you know, if, if that's you gotta get that cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> um, one quarter of that pie should be that Turkey. RN Graham, what, what do you think about Turkey as a protein? Oh my gosh. It's amazing. I mean, you want to talk about jam-packed, a piece of a, a piece of turkey. I mean, you probably get more protein off of that than you would, you know, eating a protein bar or, or drinking a protein shake. Um, and the thing about it is it's low in fat. So if you're looking at for something that has, you know, less fat, turkey's the way to go. You know, it's a fantastic meal. 
And there's ways that you can cook turkey so it's not necessarily as dry. So, I mean, as we stated before, turkey gets a horrible rap, but it's actually a very, very good piece of meat. Absolutely. I eat turkey all year round. Can be harder to find sometimes, but, you know, here again, we have a great farm system. So you can find turkey any day of the year, really. And it, it is a very high protein per pound of weight food, even better than steak. You know, most people think steak has the most protein, but it's actually turkey. Turkey has about uh, 122 to 128 grams of protein per pound of mm -hmm. meat weight. So really great source. And like you said, yeah, it's a very lean meat. Not that fats are bad. Yeah, fats are not bad people. We, we discussed this plenty of time. Fats are actually good, depending on the fat it is as well. But, you know, once again, like you said, lean, good fats. Absolutely. Um, on your turkey, add gravy, but watch what you put in the gravy. Anytime you add things like flour or processed foods that adds not only the carbohydrate component, but it also, uh, people will add things like sugar to it. Mm -hmm. And, and you also, uh, most gluten products contain things called lectins and lectins will induce an inflammatory response in your body that can make you feel bloated and fat, and it can greatly damage your gut. The other quarter of your plate, that's where I'm going to put my starchy carbs. All right. So you're going to be picking maybe a little bit of stuffing or dressing, a little bit of mashed potatoes, but honestly, I'd keep it a quarter of your plate. And then that other half of your plate, get something with color, get something that's like a non-starchy veg, like a Brussels sprout, like some kale, like some salad, you know, even tomato, I'm okay with that. It's it's a fruit technically, but like something mm -hmm. with color that's not a starch. See, what a lot of people don't realize is the, these items that we're talking about, there's ways to make them where they're delicious. You know, um, we uh, are in contact all the time with uh, with our good friend, Jackie, who is also now a, um, a client. And the foods that he is making right now, they look fabulous. And he's found ways to make Foods that are hated by so many people look phenomenal. I, you saw his Brussels sprouts the other day. And yeah, give, give me some of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they looked amazing. And, and you know, I, I, I love making Brussels sprouts myself. It's, they're easy to make. You saute them, you add a little salt, you add a little pepper, add a little lime juice, boom, you're done. And you have an extremely healthy meal that tastes delicious. Yeah. Uh, Brussels sprouts and all the vegetables in that class so that includes things like cabbage, like broccoli, like cauliflower. They contain a compound called sulforaphane. And sulforaphane is a huge player in the antioxidant world. Mm -hmm. It's really, and, and what, what antioxidants do, just to backtrack a little bit, is all throughout the day due to sunlight, due to the, the toxins in, in the air that we breathe, the chemicals that we come in just been being our house from the carpet or whatever, you're getting these little compounds that add up and they damage your DNA and your body will make things called free radicals. Those free radicals are things that cause cancer and are not good for your health, make you age faster. And so, so four veins, take all those free radicals, just gather them up and get rid okay. of them in, in a good format. So so all those types of vegetables, which are plentiful and in season right now, really good for your longevity, 
really good for antioxidant effects and delicious. So I can either load myself up with pie and crap like that, that leads to diabetes, or I can eat cancer-fighting items such as Brussels sprouts. It's a very hard decision to make. (laughs) And we're not saying don't have the pie, but like if you worked out that morning or that that afternoon or you played football, like you earn that pie. Have the pie, right? The slice of pie. Yeah, (laughs) not the whole pie. pie. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do have to preface that. Good point, good point. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, so there are ways that you can kind of hack the Thanksgiving meal. I think begin the day with a fast, stay hydrated that day, trying to get a good night's sleep the night before, exercise some term during the day, and then you can really enjoy that food. I don't know how you feel, Aaron Graham, but anytime I've worked out, food just tastes better. Oh, man, it's phenomenal. It is absolutely because you feel like, you know what? I deserve this. Absolutely. And you do, right? You need that, um, that fuel to, to put glycogen back in your muscles to recover. Um, now, we talked about how to kind of hack your Thanksgiving meal, but we still haven't gotten to the, the bottom line as to why carbs make you sleepy. If it's not the bird that's the, the problem, if turkey is the superfood, then how the carbs make you sleepy? Hmm. How do carbs make me sleepy? I'm going to probably say it's the way we burn them. Yeah, it, it is a somewhat complicated process, but it we're getting back to our whole serotonin, tryptophan, and melatonin. Mm-hmm. So, okay, the turkey's not 100% innocent here, right? It's got that little waddle. I don't know what that's all about, <laughs> but it's suspect. so when you have serotonin in the system carbs act like a sponge and carbs in contact with things like serotonin and melatonin will increase your body's ability to absorb it in the gut so you're actually getting more than you would if you didn't have an extremely starchy carb rich meal interestingly enough on top of that People that have carbohydrate-rich meals, in particular starchy ones, will get a rapid spike in insulin. Mm -hmm. And they, as a result of breakdown of the carbs, will have a very high amount of glucose. And because of the glycemic index, that glucose will then rapidly decline and drop. And so the concept of the sugar crash that kids around America experience every day is happening during your Thanksgiving meal. Having a carb-rich meal also, uh, people do have an increase in their REM sleep when they have a carb-rich meal before bedtime. On the flip side, from a GI perspective, if you have tons of garbage in your body, you're not going to sleep as well because your heartburn is going to be high. So you might be waking up in the middle of the night with heartburn. That interferes with your sleep cycle, stress response. We talked about the effect of that. And we're going to have uh, Porish Shahn, who's a gastroenterologist, soon to talk about reflux. And then finally, so having a lot of carbs um, 
actually upregulates things called orexins. And orexins are these little compounds in your body that um, mitigate your sleep wakefulness. Um, and they determine how much melatonin you're going to be releasing from your body. So the carbs have a direct effect on your wakefulness. And then lastly, um, you know, as a separate part from carbs, but anytime you put food in your body, your body will shift blood to the gut away from your brain, from your extremities and activate your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest system. So you have less noradrenaline. Uh, and adrenaline or norepinephrine and epinephrine floating around. And so your natural tendency is to shift uh, blood to those organs, upregulate the parasympathetic nervous system. Your body as a survival mechanism is not going to run away from a predator then. It's ready to just kind of chill and digest that food. So that is why the turkey is innocent. <laughs> we rest our case, Your Honor. We rest our case. Uh Anything else to add to this topic before we go for a commercial break, RN Graham? Well, let's uh, do a little retracking here. Turkey's innocent. We need to stop eating so many carbs, starchy carbs, um, during our meals, um, during Thanksgiving. We can hack our meals by using our little pie chart, uh, which you've heard Doc Mock talk about. Uh, load up with a lot of fibrous green foods. Um, we got broccoli. We've got um, we've got Brussels sprouts, things of that nature, which also work as great antioxidants to flush our system. Um, and let's get some. Let's get moving. Also on Thanksgiving, it's not. I understand that you know we're with family. We want to sit around on the couch watching football and just sitting there chit chatting. But we can do it. We can be active. We can go out and play football with the family. You know, we can go for a walk and have talks with the family as well. Uh, this is a very stressful time of the year for a lot of people. This is an opportunity to release some of that stress by being more active. Also, try fasting in the morning before you go uh, before you get to that meal. Between the workout and fasting, you feel like you've earned that meal and you enjoy it so much more. Anything else you think? No, that, that is beautifully put. And uh, with that, uh, we're going to go to a brief commercial break. If you're stuck at home and cannot make it to the grocery store, delivery may be the best way to stay clean and healthy. Instacart is the national leader in the direct-to-home delivery service. With numerous major chains and food from smaller stores, you can get those local veggies sent directly to your doorstep. Head on over to MaximalBeing.com slash Instacart and maximize your nutrition today. What's going on, Maximal Beings? It's Doc Mock here. Many of you are returning to the gym now, but some are not going back. Regardless of what you plan, Rogue has got the right gear to fit your needs. I personally own a barbell set and love it. The black op shorts are sweat resistant and flexible for getting deep in your squats. Head on over to MaximalBeing.com slash Rogue for our referral link. Order three items and they ship for free. And as usual, it's Doc Mock, and I'm here to maximize your pathway to wellness. All right, and we are back, Maximal Beings. Do we have any listener mail, Aaron Graham? We sure do have some listener mail. So our first piece of mail comes from... 
at salt up 45 i have failed many diets why hmm yeah, it's hard to, to know exactly why uh, without getting into things, but there are so many reasons why people can fail diets. And I think the, the way that we as healthcare providers point the finger is at the patient. It's your fault. You're, you know, they weren't motivated. They were lazy. They were, you know, willing to do it. Um, and some, sometimes that is the case. Uh, but um, somebody that is motivated, it's not usually their fault. It usually has to do um, with underlying factors as far as the diet goes. So we've talked on prior episodes about the whole concept of restricting and what that does later on. So, so sometimes it will help having that cheat meal, right? It'll help you to get those extra calories and give yourself a mental break. And the data shows that people are more successful on more restrictive diets. But then there are also components to a lot of these fad diets where people have individual intolerances. I think about the keto diet as being a primary one. I'm not against the keto diet. Um, really great strategy for a lot of people, really good science. But there are certain people that have genetic mutations or genetic predispositions to oxidize fat. And actually a, a part of our plan that we're instituting is people have an ability to test for these things, to know which strategy is going to benefit them the most, because some people will not benefit from a high fat diet. And a lot of you probably have had experienced that out. It's probably related to your genetics. I also think there's just a lot of terrible information out there. We've had uh, most of our clients come to us after being on X, Y, and Z diet and not doing well. And ultimately what we find is that they're on these terribly restrictive diets where they're not getting enough nutrients or calories and they're just hungry all the time. That's going to make you feel terrible and you're not going to want to do that diet, even if it makes you look good in the short term. So there's, there's one word that we keep using over and over and over again that I despise the word diet because a diet has a beginning and it has an end. Um, we don't, we don't do diets. We do lifestyle changes. Now we do something that's sustainable. Most diets aren't sustainable. And I think that's a lot of reasons why a lot of people fail on these quote unquote diets. Um, you know, here at Maximum Being, we talk about ways to live and ways to eat that you can do over a long period of time. Um, and a lot of reasons why a lot of people do fail diets is once again, is I have to drop 15 pounds in, you know, a month. Um, that's not something that's sustainable because when it's over, guess what's going to happen? You're going to binge. You know, it, like you said, it's restriction, 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 but that restriction eventually comes to an end. It comes usually to a crashing end. So um, that's why I believe a lot of people fail their diets. They're just unattainable a lot of times. So, but let's move on to the next uh, Mr. Mail by Tiny Gains 45 what protein bars do you recommend? So um, I, I'll preface this with a lot of protein bars are actually candy bars that masquerade as protein bars. Like the so, sugar content. Yeah, look at the sugar content. That's like the first place where your eyeballs should go. If it's your whole daily allowance, right? We tell people you have about 25, at most 50 sugar dollars in a day. 
And that's like our, our number one, like restriction mm-hmm. that we put on people that that is basically it. Other than that, our diets are, our plans are really liberal. Um, but 25 sugar dollars, you may be spending that in one protein bar. Yeah. I mean, even if you're spending 15, that's a lot to give up in one protein bar. Yeah. So. And you, you could easily, you know, fit in something like some dark chocolate at the end of the day, if your protein allowance, you know, is, is, uh, appropriate. But do you have a, a, a distinct favorite? I absolutely do. Um, you know, we're a little biased here because we do have a relationship with RX bars, but the reason why we have that relationship with RX bars is because I personally believe in them as a product as does R and Grant, because they're made of real food. The macronutrition is good, meaning the amount of protein, carbs, and fat, and they just don't make you feel that post sugar crash after you eat them. So that, that's why I like them. And they're just delicious. They come in so many different flavors. I do have some second up, um, second runner up people. I like rise bars too. Mm-hmm. It fits really well into a ketogenic sort of plan because the fat content is higher. Again, made of real food, mostly a nut based product. Um, and just also really delicious, good texture. And then finally, I think quest bars are pretty good, but you just have to kind of watch out for the individual differences amongst quest bars. Some of them tend to be, um, a little too glycemic modulating, even though, uh, they do contain mostly sugar alcohols, which in theory don't change your insulin levels as much, but again, that science is still evolving. We don't fully know the effects of that. What yeah, about you? I definitely agree. I mean. Look, there's a reason why RX is our top one. Um, there's a lot of range of flavors. It is delicious. Um, and it's real food. I can look on the back of the label and understand what it is. Um, and honestly, delicious bar. Um, I became biased to it because of you, because I was just like, oh, it can't be really that great. And then I <laughs> tried. And it's, it's a phenomenal one. Um, my second actually is uh, Quest Bars. I, when I really started eating protein bars on a regular basis, just you know, as as a nurse, I gotta grab something that I can fit quick in my pocket. So um, protein bars were great for me. But then what I really did notice is a lot of them were loaded with sugar. So I got kind of picky with them. Um, and I first started off with the well, well I, I moved on to the Quest Bars, um, but then. Yeah, it's it's day and night between Quest and RX. So, yeah, and, and I think um, the most popular brands, the brands that you see most often on the shelves, are the ones that are probably the worst for you. Yeah. Um, so so look for things that are made of real food. You know, we we preach that over and over again, and look at the back for the sugar content. I think that that's really important. Um, I think caveman bars are like a, a you know, kind of right next to that, but there are only certain caveman bars that actually have a lot of protein. A lot of them are just kind of like meal supplement bars. So, but if you find the right one, they, some of them taste like a candy bar. I mean, they're, they have such dark chocolate flavor, really good stuff. But again, you can't supplement your way to health and wellness. You need to get the rest of your ducks in a row. And if you need some additional calories or you're on the go, like R and Graham, you can add that into your regimen. (laughs) Gobble, gobble. 
if he has been pardoned, he is not guilty, people. Not <laughs> guilty. As in closing, always, yeah. in closing do, you, do you have anything for, for us, uh, some quick leaving notes or anything for us, Doc Mock? Yeah, Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. I think we're kind of rushing through this year because it's been a tough year for so many people. You know, healthcare providers, especially you out there, we're thinking of all of you. We appreciate you all so much. If nobody has told you that today, know that we appreciate you here at Maximal Being. I appreciate Aaron Graham for saving lives every day. Um, and I think that Thanksgiving, just don't forget what the, the root of it is. And that's to give thanks for the things that you do have and the people in your life um, that you build the community with, even if they're not with you in person, they can be there with you via technology, via the phone. Um, and they're always with you, um, you know, in, in your heart. Could have said it better. Listen, people, mask up. Make our jobs easier for us, please. Well, this has been another great episode with Doc Mock. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy you know, Thanksgiving, everybody. It, it, enjoy it. it. It's a great time of the year. And remember what you're being thankful for. So this is RN Graham signing off. And Doc Mock, and we are here to maximize your pathway to wellness. Next week on the Maximal Being Podcast. You have to toss back a couple beers. You have to drink a nice scotch or whiskey or, or a nice glass of wine. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? You're right. Like, whether we're happy, we're sad, we're angry, it doesn't matter. People are drinking left and right. They're coping with things with drinking. They're celebrating with drinking. But to be honest with you, I have not been drinking in 2020. Do us a favor, Maximal Beings, and leave us a comment or review. Hit the subscribe button and let your friends and family know so that we can get the word out. And until next time, this is Doc Mock, and I'm here to maximize your pathway to wellness.